and we're back season three episode two welcome back to like our two listeners not just playing we have more than that i think it's like four listeners all right everyone welcome back to another episode of dming truth in tech um, i'm mario Alvarado, and daniel's obviously not here but um you guys know exactly what the dynamic is if you're new to our podcast this podcast is about having conversations on church and having conversations on tech from two people and two pastors, Daniel and myself, that love uh, God, church, Jesus, uh, but we also love tech. And so we're just here to have these conversations with you guys, probably to encourage it, for you guys to have them at your home, to have them with people around you, with your brothers and sisters at church, those people that are not from church. Anyway, we're just happy that you guys can join us. And so... Um, as you guys know, we're going to be doing something every other week. Uh, Daniel and I are going to be going back and forth on uh, church talks and tech talks, and we're going to be responding to each other also at the same time. We have a busy schedule. Anyway, I'm not going to do the whole explanation. Daniel does some of that explaining, uh, a little bit more detail, what we're doing for this season three, and you can go ahead and check out that um, episode, uh, which is episode one, which came out probably two weeks ago. So... Anyway, we're happy to be here. I'm happy to be back with you guys. And so then you know, we're also doing a video um, YouTube. So uh, hopefully that works and uh, it's easy for some of you. Uh, we're trying not to make these long. We're always going to try and keep them as short as we can, at least to have enough um, points to have a conversation and start a conversation with you guys. So anyway, remember to always, you know, dialogue with us, with us also through our social media. We're on Twitter. We're also on um Instagram, and now we're on YouTube. So if you're watching this on YouTube, feel more than free to comment and start conversation on the comments below. So um, subscribe, like, also that'll help, and share the video if that's something that you would like to do. Anyway, so perfect. Um, I think we have a, a good um, church talk coming up. This, I'm doing the church talk this week, um, but first I'm going to respond to Daniel's tech talk that he had short in a short brief. Uh, response to and I I'm, I'm really looking forward to responding to him so uh, this is my response to Daniel's tech talk um, Daniel's question last week that he left me was what latest flagship phone has caught my eye and will I be upgrading so I want to make this short I want to make this response brief and if you guys hear, I've heard our different uh, podcast episodes in the past, you know that Daniel is leans a little bit more towards the Apple side. I lean towards more the Android side, being a former Apple um, customer. But anyway, uh, let me just get to the point because we have some good flagship phones. And if you want to know the different phones and just learn a little bit more about them, the new ones that have just come out or that have been released, uh, check out our, like I said, episode one where Daniel discusses in the tech talk um, about these different flagship phones. But anyway, let me get down to it. First of all, one of the main ones is Pixel, the Pixel 4. And I was really looking forward to the Pixel XL, specifically the bigger one. And I have to say that as an Android user, looking forward to it, I was also highly disappointed. So yeah, I'm an Android person, but I'm not going to blindly just go towards one specific phone. And again, that's what I like about Android, that you have choices. I'm not trying to be a sheep uh, like Apple people. I'm just playing. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to be unbiased, right? So 
the Pixel 4 was a disappointment. The specs for the software, um, the the things that it could do before on the 3XL that made or that made the Pixel great, I think they're they're just still there. So I needed a bigger upgrade than that. The price point is still too expensive. Um, let me just get to the point. Not going for the Pixel 4. Big disappointment. Now, um, let me talk about the uh, iPhone 11. iPhone 11. iPhone 11 isn't even OLED. It's a 1080 display. Maybe most people won't be able to tell. I'm a tech guy, or most people that like tech will be able to tell that you can't see that on your screen. Um, iPhone doesn't have a good relationship with YouTube anyway, so you can't be watching on 1440p anyway, even if you do have OLED. Um, the biggest hype on the iPhone is the 11 Pro um, or the 11 Pro Plus, I think that's what it's called. And it's just the camera. That's the biggest hype. And guess what? I have a Sony a7 III. And even if I didn't have a Sony a7 III, I still had a, before a Sony a6000, I had DSLR, which the sensor, like my friend Ruben puts it, is still going to always be better than a phone camera sensor. So to spend that much money just for a camera because I want a phone, like, let me just save you something. Let me save you time and money. If you want to buy just because of the camera, get a camera. Like, you, get, you can get great cameras for that amount of money. You can also do in payments, too, if you wanted to. So anyway, uh, definitely not going to the um, iPhone Pro. It's, it's, it's not worth it. If you can do it just for the camera, I think you're making a big mistake. You're free to do that anyway, you know, your money. Now, final one, Note 10 Plus. That's my final verdict for this one. Is, well, my final verdict for this one is that this is the phone I'm going to be upgrading to, hopefully. Note 10 Plus is a big, big screen, big phone great quality. The specs are amazing. You can still um, upgrade your memory. If you buy the phone, it's only 128 gigabytes. You can you can upgrade with an SD card up to one terabyte, even more, I think. I think it's more this year. Um, the screen to body ratio is a lot better. Um, you don't have a nasty notch. I'm sorry. I hate those notches. I can't be watching videos and then having that thing right there. Like I can't. You can get used to it. I'm not going to put my money into getting used to that. And then um, one of the best things is Black Friday sales. Samsung always go goes good on Black Friday sales with their phones. So I'm not going to be paying a full price on the Note 10, even though some of you might say well, it was the same price as the iPhone Pro. It, it won't go as much. Um, you have a wide angle camera in the back. I think that's cool. Um, but, you know, iPhone has it too, to be fair. Um, but either way, I'm not going to be paying that, am that much amount of money just for a camera. It's basically the phone. The battery is a bigger upgrade than I had on my pre my previous Note 8. Um, it, it lasts longer. Um, I'm missing the headphone jack. I hate that. I, I wish Samsung didn't do that, but I'm, I'm, I'm down with that. That's, that's something I, I could live with. Okay. And then again, the price, I'm not going to pay full price. So yeah, that's my verdict. Daniel, I'm going to be switching to the Note 10. Bro, I heard you and I know that you liked it too. You need to be switching too, bro. Anyway, um, if you guys have any questions, let us know about different flagship phones, the little stuff that we know we can we can talk to you about. Um, are you going to be upgrading? Let us know. Are you going to be upgrading? I know someone uh, wrote us on the stories last time said they're going to be upgrading. And yes, it's definitely the way to upgrade to the Note 10 Plus. That's the way to go. Anyway, let's get into the church talk now because I think we have a very good uh, conversation starter for, for uh, today's church talk. So let's get into it. 
Well, um, this is a conversation that I think we've we've talked about this before in previous um, podcast episodes, and it's concerning the whole general conference, women's ordination type of deal conversation that we've been having, whatever you want to call it. And this is more of an updated version because the um, general conference annual council where the executive committee meets uh, just happened uh, a few weeks ago. And we got an update of what how they're handling this situation on women's ordination um, and how they're handling with other uh, at least with the unions or the conferences that are non-compliant with the general conference policy. So I'm going to try and summarize real quick what the problem is. I want to kind of get two lessons that we get out of this and then leave some questions off to you or, or actually ask some questions and then answer them. Um, I think it's important to, there's some, there's some good lessons that we can get out of this. And I want to say this, um, I hope this doesn't sound like I'm frustrated. At the same time, I want to be honest with you guys. It is a little bit frustrating. I can't hide in the fact that it when I see these councils, and because you can watch them live, um, even you know with all the respect that these leaders deserve, it's frustrating. At the same time, I'm going to try to be as informative as possible, and then just work off of that. Okay, so let, let's go. Let's go for it. Let's go for it. This is the problem, basically. So. The problem is, if you don't know, that the GC policy, and I'm, I'm summarizing here, okay, and obviously paraphrasing. You can look this stuff up on uh, the General Conference and, and Annual Council and their papers and stuff like that. You just go to their website. If you want that, you know, ask us, we'll give it to you. But this is just oversimplifying it. The problem is that the GC policy says that we cannot discriminate on hiring someone to be a pastor based on gender. Now, that sounds great. Let's not, let's not discriminate based on gender. Perfect. Okay, that's number one. The problem is that when it comes to the part of ordination, it says that same policy that says we will not discriminate based on gender, in that same policy, it also says you can only ordain men. So... That, that already kind of like, that, that, that's in and of itself is already an issue, okay? So you say, let's not discriminate, but, we, but in a way we can over here. When it comes to ordination, like we, we will, and we are. So given that that's the wording, and there's a lot of like technical stuff here, but I mean, this is more deeper than, than just wording. But given that that's the wording on the policy, there were some European unions that said, well, if that's if the policy says that we can't discriminate based on gender, because the general conference accepts that anyone can be a pastor, man, you know, male or female. That's not up for discussion, even though in some countries people are still discussing or having the discussion of whether males or females can be pastors or female pa- females can be pastors. That that's not what's up for discussion. The problem is ordination. So given that the policy says specifically ordination is only for men, what these unions decided to do was to kind of go around that just to be in compliance. Like they're trying to, you know, they're, they're still trying to play along and, 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 and be the good boys and stuff like that and, and, and in this whole, you know, mess, I would call. And so they said, okay, we're not going to ordain men anymore. We're going to commission them. 
Because the policy also says that women can be commissioned. They can't be ordained. They can be commissioned. So the unions, these four unions in Europe said, okay, so to be fair and follow the non-discrimination part, we're going to commission everybody equally. No more ordination. We're going to commission. If women can be commissioned, then we're going to commission men also, you know, just so there's not one over the other. Makes sense. Okay. I see how they're trying to play, they're play along. They're trying to cooperate, make things seem, you know, like, okay, we're still going, you know, we don't agree with you guys, but you know, we're still trying to be part of it. You can see, and you can sense that they're still trying to, you know, it's, it's there's still a sense of unity, even in the midst of disagreement. So they try to work around with that. Problem was that general conference wasn't happy with that. And so they said, no, you're out of compliance. I mean, you're, you're not, we, we're going to have to give you a warning because you're not fully following. You're supposed to ordain men and commission women. And they're like, but, but it's the same thing. You know, it's just that the policy, there's an issue with it because it says we can't discriminate, but we are discriminating when it comes to ordaining. So instead of doing that, let's stay within the policy and let's just commission both genders. Yeah, that, that wasn't going to fly with the general conference. So they said, no. Um, so these four unions that are doing that, we're going to give you a warning. And so they voted to give them a warning for being, you know, out of compliance with policy. Even though technically they, they were in compliance with the part of non-discriminating, but not with the part with ordination. Which is crazy, too, because now you have two unions that are actually ordaining. They're not commissioning. They're ordaining men and women. So in a way, they're being complying with the part of the policy that says do not discriminate. But instead of them commissioning both, they're ordaining both. I think they're going to the other side. They also got in trouble. Now, of course, it makes more sense that they would get in trouble because they're straight up ordaining women. They're saying we're going to do it even though there was a vote that denied allowing divisions to ordain but this is not divisions this is unions which they have the right to choose anyway we don't have all the time to explain and i hope this isn't being confusing if you have any questions please let us know problem is this you have four unions that tried to stay within the policy they got in trouble you have these other two unions that also try to stay if, to a certain point within policy because they're not discriminating they're ordaining both i think the problem here is not with the unions it's with the wording of the policy and the way we see and are we discriminating or not. Anyway, getting back to the point. Four unions, they get in trouble. Two unions that are ordaining women, they also get in trouble. They get a warning sign. Now let's get down to the conversation part. Um, I have a few, two questions here. Number one, and I want to say this carefully, but I still want to say it. Question number one that I get in my mind after seeing all this, you know, debate and how they're really doubling down on punishing and warning the conferences or the unions. My question is, how irrelevant is the general conference becoming to the local level? And the reason I say this, and it might sound harsh, like, but how irrelevant is, is the general conference becoming to the local level? It's because there's just 
it seems like it's becoming more irrelevant because of the warnings they're giving. And not irrelevant because it's like, oh, look, they're punishing us, so we want to we wanna rebel. No, no, no. I mean more like they're trying to punish unions for allowing women to pastor, to preach the gospel, to, well, actually not even that, just to ordain them. And ordaining basically is a confirmation of your calling. So is commissioning. I guess ordaining, we've talked about this before, and I think the problem comes to the definition of ordaining, regardless of that. They're still doubling down on punishing and warning. My question is, at the end of the day, so, like, so what? Like, you warned us, and, like, what happens? Like, what, what, what now? We'll, like, all of a sudden, we'll be like, oh, you know what? We got warned. By the way, I'm part of the, one of the unions, the Pacific Union that, you know, I'm proudly part of the, one of the unions that ordains. And even beyond that, I'm proudly part of one of the conferences that has um, just this year decided to ordain women. And even more proud of having my wife, who isn't ordained, but, you know, on way for ordination. But regardless of that, she, she's still working. She's still pastoring. She's still loving people. She's still making relationships and living out the gospel and preaching out the gospel and leading out with or without this. So my question is, when you spend all this like money and time going all over this, there comes a point where I'm just thinking, like, how, re- how relevant is this becoming? They give us a warning. Then eventually they might say, you know what, we're going to remove your leader from the executive committee at the general conference. Like, what, 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 so is that going to stop us from saying, all right, you know what, women, we're just not going to ordain you. I mean, I don't know. It's, 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 I think it's becoming, they're making themselves look more irrelevant because this leads to my second question. Doesn't it come down to the local church in the end? When I'm, when I'm looking at this, I figure and I say, hey, it's becoming more about what the local church is because this is where the gospel is happening. This is where relationships are being formed. This is the actual field. Now, these administrators are trying to figure out and say this and, 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 and debate on it, etc. But in the end, the people or where the gospel is being preached more and, and lived out fully with even non-Christians it's at the local level. And whether a conference or, or, or the, 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 you know, the leadership says you can't do this, I don't know how it's going to get to a point where we're just going to be like, no, we're not going to listen to that. Like We're, we're going to continue living out the gospel. And that doesn't mean we have to hate them or, or, or build a, a, an intentional wall against them. It just means that maybe it comes to the point where we have to start like ignoring. Let, let, if I was some of those leaders, let me see. Let me put it this way. We're talking about with some of my brothers and their pastors too. And we were saying, may, maybe what if someone just came up and said, and, and in a way during the council, if you saw it, this was kind of said, but not totally. What if you just go up and say, hey, you know what? You know, pastor, chairman, president, you know, with all due respect, you could give us all the warnings. You can give us all the hate. You can call us rebels. You can call us everything. We're going to continue ordaining women. 
we're going to continue supporting women in ministry. And we're going to continue preaching the gospel. We're going to continue doing our work. Because in the end, that's what this is all about. Continuing to do God's work. And I think there's a third question. Let me say this is, this is a third question. Um, what? What? Actually, I forgot the third question. Sorry. Um, yeah, that's the third question. I had to look at my notes. When do you stop the spirit of conversation? Like, where does it get to the point where you don't have to, like, where conversation has to stop? And, and the reason I'm saying this is, be, let me check my time here. Okay, the, I'm good on time. The reason I'm saying this is because, do you really think we're going to convince the other um, divisions, the other unions, these other leaders that women should be ordained? Or... Do we have to convince them? Or did we ever have to convince them? And kind of to finish off this, because that's my question. Do we, the reason I'm asking this question about should we continue the spirit of conversation? And maybe the answer is yes, we should always continue the spirit of conversation. But maybe there's more to that. Maybe it's continue the spirit of conversation, but there's also a limit where you kind of just have to give up in not trying to convince the other person. And, and maybe there's always a, a, a time where you're trying to convince, you're trying to state your point, you're trying to say why. The thing is that we've been going at this for years. So maybe it's time to just say, you know what? If you want to have a conversation, we can keep on conversing. We're just not going to try and convince you anymore. So keep warning us. Keep telling us. And, and again, I'm saying this because during the, during the council, there was a moment where some of these leaders were saying, let us explain. Let us tell you why we're doing this. You know, don't just, don't vote, don't vote for this. If it was me, I'd be like, bros, just vote for it. Like, you want to vote for uh, um, a warning? I'll take it. You want to vote to take my name out of this committee? I'll go for it. Um, maybe it's easier said than done, obviously, because a lot of people, a lot of these people, maybe, I might be wrong here, but they're looking out for their jobs. But still, I would just say, just vote for it. Like, we're not going to try and convince you guys that we're going to support women in ministry because it's simply what we believe the Bible is saying. It's not like we're debating over a doctrinal issue here. We're not debating over the Sabbath. We're not debating over whether Jesus is going to come or not. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about fully, fully and holistically supporting women to preach and lead out in preaching the gospel. So whatever you guys want to vote, vote for it. And I think we can still maintain the spirit of conversation, but maybe it's time to just say, okay, we're going to start, I don't want to say the word ignoring what you guys choose to do because we've made that decision, but more like in spite of, there we go, in spite of your warnings, in spite of whatever you do, with all due respect, chairman, pastor, president, Ted Wilson, we're going to continue allowing and fully supporting women in ministry. And that's it. Am I wrong to think this way? I mean, in the end, it comes down to the local level. In the end, it's us working at the local churches with the actual people moving forward. I, I, they gave us a warning, by the way. That was the vote. They voted on giving all six unions the warning. Like, so, bro, I was like, okay, I, I, that's cool. Like, we'll take it. And we'll take anything else that you bring. We're still going to continue to move forward. Um, 
looking here in my oh i want to finish off with this <clears throat> excuse me sorry i want to finish off with this in acts chapter 15 we have the the jerusalem council where they had issues over circumcision specifically okay i hope i don't confuse it just stay with me for for a few moments and i'll finish off but in that council, they were debating whether the Greeks, now that the gospel was not only being preached to the Jews, but it was now being preached to Gentiles, to other people, not only Greeks, but people outside of the Jewish faith. They had different customs, and one of the customs they did not have was circumcision. So the debate at the, at the Jerusalem council was, should we force these Gentiles to do circumcision? Because that's what the Jewish people traditionally did. And it had, a, it had a theological meaning to a certain point to them. Yes, it did. Well, this debate went on. Some people were saying they have to do it. Some people, like Paul, Peter, kind of, were saying, no, they shouldn't. That's not a doctrinal thing. That doesn't necessarily represent the gospel that's just you know it's a traditional it had a meaning for us as jewish we should i guess we should continue doing it but we should enforce the other gentiles to do that that's not their custom anyway they voted you can see you can read it Acts chapter 15 they said okay we're not going to make them you know do circumcision okay we're not going to make them do that but there still should be some specific things that maybe we should tell them that they need to abstain from Okay, and they named four things. They said, okay, no circumcision, but there's four things that we want the Gentiles to still commit to. And one of those things was that they should not eat from food offered to the idols. Back in the day, there was food that you were offered to the idols and you would, you know, sacrifice animals to just different gods. You know, that was the custom, especially through the Gentiles, Greek, Greek mythology, Roman, etc. So, you would sacrifice that food, and then you would eat it. So they said the, in the council, the Jewish council in Jerusalem, they said any new Gentile that's converted will, cannot eat from um, food sacrificed to the idols, to any idols. Paul was there. Everyone was there. And they're like, okay, I guess so. Yeah, and three other things they said. Guess what Paul does later on? Later on, we see that Paul is writing and telling people like, yeah, I know we're not supposed to eat from food sacrificed to idols. You know what? Just don't ask. If someone offers you food, just don't ask them if it was offered to idols. Just eat it. Like, we know that doesn't mean anything. But just eat it. Now, maybe this is, a little, this is oversimplifying the situation. But in a nutshell, that's what happened. Paul, who was in that council and were debating over the issue of circumcision. But then there was these other issues that came up. And, and they, even though they voted on it, Paul afterwards was still like, you know, it's nice. It, that's still not a doctrinal thing. So, you know what? Just don't ask. Just do it. We, you know, if, if you get food served on your plate on a table, just pray, thank God for it, and don't ask. Now, he said, if you know about it and you know for a fact that it was sacrificed to, to idols and people said, hey, you here's food that was sacrificed to idols, then, you know, don't eat it because you're giving a testimony. But if you think it might be sacrificed, just, just don't ask. Like, don't, don't ask the people and just eat. Because we know that's not, big, that's not an issue. I think there was a point in time where even Paul was like, eh, 
I'm, I'm focused on the gospel here. I'm focused on making sure that people know who Jesus is and making sure that the spirit is working in people's lives to get the fruits of the spirit going in their lives and for us to prepare for Jesus' second return by living the kingdom life here. To be debating and still trying to convince those Pharisees, which they were Pharisees, or other Jewish people about circumcision or about the sacrifice to idols or about these other um, rituals that that they were trying to force on on the other on other Gentiles. Paul was one of the people that you can kind of you can kind of get the sense that he was kind of annoyed. In his writings, he's annoyed when he's just telling, like in the Galatians, or he's like, "Dude, like stop, stop listening to that. That's not the gospel. That's not the issue here." So, is there a point where we should, like, just yeah, maybe I guess we should keep the spirit of conversation. But we should just keep moving forward now. And maybe intentionally start saying, yeah, like, give us the warnings. I mean, maybe not intentionally. Maybe that's, again, I, I told you from the beginning, this is probably from point, a little bit point of frustration. There's definitely that inside. Um, just going to leave off this uh, question off to Daniel. Follow-up question, bro. Should we continue trying to convince each other or just keep moving on by intentionally not caring anymore? I, I don't know if I worded that question right, but. You get what I'm saying. Should we just keep moving on um, by intentionally just saying, okay, you know, you do your thing, we do our thing. In the end, we're preaching the same thing and not caring about trying to convince them and having all these debates still going over and over again. Is there a point where we just have to say we just have to stop or should we just continue trying to convince them? Is there something that we gain in still trying to convince people um, and keep the debate going? Or can we still just keep going with the spiritual conversation and not necessarily have to convince somebody? Okay, that's for you, Daniel. Anyway, let us know what you guys think. What do you guys think? Uh, DM, Truth Tech. Um, that's our Twitter handle uh, right here on the YouTube. Uh, if you have comments, write them down here. We're more than happy to respond. Um, or let us know on, on Instagram also. DM, Truth Tech. That's our Instagram handle. Hope you guys have a blessed day. Hope you guys have a blessed rest of your week. And um, we'll catch you guys later. Peace.